Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Roundtable uh, for Indiana traveling to the Cincinnati Bearcats. There's a heck of a matchup last year. Uh, came down to the fourth quarter, uh, Indiana miscues, and uh, Cincinnati was a real, real good team last year, playoff qualifier out of the group of five, uh, lots of NFL draft picks. Uh, today with us, we have JT Smith from the front office news. Uh, you should be familiar with him. He was our guest for Cincinnati last year, uh, had a lot of great insight. Also along with us is Alex Compton and Nate Comp of HoosierHuddle.com. JT, first of all, thanks for joining us, and and how's your season going? Thanks, fellas, for having me, first and foremost. And so far, so good. Uh, two and one. Lost to Arkansas, who's a top 15 team now. But it was – if you watched the game and not even being biased, it was a game that the Bearcats really shot themselves in the foot and it was a very winnable game. So that, that sucks. But overall, they rebounded and been playing pretty good the last two weeks. Uh, you guys – we're down 10 early against Miami of Ohio and came back to win that game. I think it's 34, 17. Um, just take us through that as IU fans, you're looking at that and you're going, Oh, Oh boy. Um, just what, what happened there early on against Miami? Um, honestly, miscues, miscues um, shot him in the foot again. Uh, Miami punched him in the mouth, had a real nice first opening drive. The Bearcats were answering and moving the ball at will, fumble, booms. And then uh, Miami came down, got a field goal. They, they held up. And then uh, I feel like they scored. They scored to make it like 10-7. And then the Bearcats were, again, moving the ball close to the red zone, fumble. And then Miami scores again. And then um, after that, I feel like they cleaned up everything and then just kind of, you know, put the pedal to the metal and the cream rolls to the top. But they just kept penalties and turnovers for killing the Bearcats, honestly. Coming off that playoff uh, appearance last year, 13-0, and expectations were super high last year. You had a ton of talent on that team. What was it like this year, um, expectations-wise, and, and just trying to – I don't want to say be realistic or dampen things, but kind of like keep people in their, their right mind about, hey, you know, we, we lost a lot of talent on this team. Just talk about the transition from last year to this year a little bit. It's it's weird. Um, I think last year they had a lot of pressure because even before like the world or like the nation kind of understood they were a possible playoff team, they believed that they could be that. Um, with them losing so many people this year, I don't think the expectations are playoff this year, of course, but I feel like they feel they should be in New York six, a New Year Six Bowl, um, even with them losing so many people to the NFL because they've been recruiting so well that the motto has been, you know, um, 
you know, not not a what's the not transition, but re, um, reload pretty much. So, um, iron sharpens iron has been their their mantra. So, um, they have a lot of young talent and people that have maybe are older that just didn't get as many snaps because of how much talent the Bearcats had. So, I think they're just trying to scale it back. Them losing to Arkansas didn't help per se because if they were going to sneak into the playoff, they need that kind of a big win because the AAC is down to me. Um, but at the same time, I still think they, they have a chance to be a New Year Six team. So, yeah, I think that's definitely one of the storylines. And you know, I, I did watch that Arkansas game. The thing I think that's going to give IU the most problems on both sides of the ball is, I mean, Luke Fickle teams are notoriously physical, in your face, nasty. Despite the loss of talent, especially on the defense from last year. I mean, man, against Arkansas, who that's what Sam Pittman wants to do is dominate both lines of scrimmage. The physicality so far has really stuck out through three games. But other side of the ball, Eastern Michigan transfer Ben Bryant. It was a quarterback battle most of the offseason. Um, you know, it seems like he's kind of settled into that QB one role. He's obviously not Desmond Ritter at this point or maybe never will be. Um, how do you assess the play of Bryant so far through three games? It's crazy you asked that question. I'm literally working on like an article about how he's kind of settled in the Arkansas game. If he plays decent in the first half, they win that game by two touchdowns. He missed multiple open open receivers that he would even say, like, I got a hit. Um, but at the same time, he got his foot in the second half. He did miss a couple of throws in the second half, but he looked uh, 10 times better in the second half against you know Kennesaw State isn't a, a team that's just like oh you throw for three touchdowns and 200 yards and everybody's going to pat you on the back even Miami at, at a certain extent but at the same time the way he's played the last two weeks I feel like he's finally getting his footing understanding what he what he is he knows he's not Ritter because he's not as athletic but he is a very good distributor of the ball um the Bearcats had their first two 100 yard receivers last week in this in the fickle air. So that's crazy. Just think about how much success they've had. This is the first time they had 200 yard receivers. And I even thought about it like, that's crazy. But, um, but he's a real good distributor of the ball. He will take more chances than Ritter um, because he, he believes in his arm that much, but he can't move as good as Ritter, of course. So, uh, but honestly, I think he's, he's, he's adapting well, even though like a lot of people, because um, Evan Prater is from Cincinnati, former Mr. Ohio, four-star recruit, probably, I think he was, if I'm not mistaken, the highest offensive recruit the Bearcats have ever re received or I received, but has um, got to commit. And um, so people, whatever, he, if, if Ben Bryant goes 25 of 30, those five he missed, people are going to be calling for Evan just because of, because of how famous popular he is in, in around these parts. So it's, it's rough, but I think he's doing very well though. But that, that is a good question, man. Cause I literally am about to try to type something up about just how he's kind of getting his feet and, being able to kind of spread his wings a little bit. So for the IU fans who don't know Ben Bryant, Ben Bryant was originally at Cincinnati, went yep. to Eastern Michigan, started and came back. Was there a little shenanigans going on there to say, hey, you go play over there and then we'll bring it back? Or was <laughs> that joking. just <laughs> That's a good one. We joke about that because it was almost like, so you know how people when they go in the portal, right? Most of the time their their lockers clear. They're not going to be allowed to be on the team. I mean, they might work out and stuff, but they're not going to dress for games. When Ben Bryant put himself in the portal before he went to um, Eastern Michigan, he was still the backup on the team the rest of the year. 
like that COVID year, he was still the backup the rest, the rest of the total year. He never got kicked off the campus. He was legit. If Desmond Ritter got hurt, Ben Bryant would have played even while he was in the portal. Yeah. Isn't so college, like, football, college football is the best. Yeah. yeah. So, but like <laughs> the first time I've ever seen that, like I've seen kids maybe know they're going to be in a the portal. They don't announce it or whatnot, but like it's the first person I've seen that had announced it and he was legit practicing every week. And if, if anything happened to Ritter, he was really going to play. But so we kind of joke around and said they sent him to the minor leagues and then brought him yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I didn't <laughs> I mean, nobody. I mean, he was starting at Eastern Michigan, had a pretty good year. Um, I mean, when I, when I saw he came back, I was like, hey, I don't think a kid comes back if he doesn't think he has a strong chance of winning a job um, just because he was entrenched there. He still had a year. He still could take another year. Um, but it is a funny thing because we, we joke. He said he kind of went to the minor leagues and he came back. So, um, but yeah, he's he's doing doing legit. And uh, yes, yeah, it was it caught me by by surprise per se. But then uh, how graceful he gracefully he left. It did it didn't once I connected the dots. It didn't really catch me off off guard as much. Nate, let's go with you for an Indiana recap. IU comes into this game three and zero. A lot of close, unnecessarily close heart attack wins, uh, things like that. They beat Western Kentucky 33-30 um, in overtime. A little bit of familiarity with this Cincinnati team. What is IU's mentality or what should IU's mentality be going into this game? Yeah, it, it's it's really tricky to figure out this Indiana team because I, I feel like Typically, the more and more games that are played, you start to figure out like what you're going to see from a team on a week to week basis. And I feel like I keep watching us and I just get more and more questions of exactly what we're going to be seeing going forward. Like even in game, you can have one like the Idaho game where you can have one half where it's the worst that we've ever seen from the Tom Allen era. And then you come to the next half and you're like, "Are, are we playoff bound? Like you just look entirely different from game to game. So uh, something that I'm definitely going to be looking to for this matchup is with all these variables, we're going to throw in the added variable of this is our first road game of the year. It will be interesting to see how we can adjust to that on the road. I think I saw that uh, Cincinnati's got like the, the second longest home win streak right now. I, th- I think I saw that. Yeah. So it, it's definitely a daunting atmosphere we're walking into. It'll, it'll be interesting to see what we, what we see from the Hoosiers. Yeah, Cincinnati, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, JT, they sold out season tickets for the first time in their history this year. Yeah, it's uh, it was like a big article about it. And I feel like now they're like almost getting to like where they have a waiting list. Like the Kennesaw State game in years past, even if they were good, it, you might get 30, 30 to 33,000. Like, okay, because it's the home opener, but they legit sold out a Kennesaw State game, which is like, night and day like i remember before t- before uh, fickle took over it was senior day senior night and it might have been five thousand people there you know what i mean so just to see where they've come is like it's night and day and crazy like um you never would have expected it to be this fast to be this consistent um where you where you come to a game like kennesaw state like indiana that's that's going to sell name big 10 but a kennesaw state game like for them to sell that thing out and it's I never would have thought that somebody told me that 10 years ago I told told him I have some uh some uh 
property in the swamp to sell them. So, you know, but. <laughs> yeah. And then I think, you know, sticking with me on offense, I think it's, it's an interesting match out, um, you know, IU and I think the fan base feels like, you know, last year they had, they had the shot. They, they probably should have won that game if it's not for the, you know, the fumble on the goal line late. Um, and, you know, from there, the season kind of spiraled. So I think in a lot of ways, you're going to get a, a good, you know, shot from this IU team, but it's just, it's tough for me. I think it's tough for most of the fan base right now to say like, you know, what that really looks like. There's been, you know, lots of good flashes so far, especially against Illinois. Um yet to play a complete game or even a complete course. So obviously it's going to require stat on Saturday, but um, I use run defense to struggle a little bit, JT. Jerome mm. Ford, obviously off to the NFL after a, you know, a really solid career at Cincinnati. You know, it looks like a two-headed rushing attack at running back. Kind of talk yeah. through that. Is it going to look similar to last year or should there be any new wrinkles in the run game? Okay, so this can be – all right, this would be interesting because we, we have a new offensive coordinator, um, Gino Gadulli, who played at UC before Desmond Ritter broke all the records. He had all the records, essentially. Um, he was the quarterback coach and the passing game coordinator last year. Um, been with the program, I want to say, four to five years. Don't quote me on that. So, But essentially, um, he's done a very good job at not being as vanilla. These, a lot of people are complaining because it's not been as – you know, Jerome Ford did a lot of good things last year. So people yeah. kind of are spoiled that on that front. Um, but at the same time, like we're doing sweeps, getting more screen passing, um, not just running it up the gut every time, going off tackle, doing a lot of things that are um, different, you know, that you won't expect. I mean, if they've been watching the tape, it looks a little bit different than last year. I think we were just super vanilla, read option, read option, really no sweeps, no off tackles, really just up the gut. And if, somebody's post a block and he can make a cut, he's gone. Where this year, you know, they're, they're doing toss sweeps and other stuff like that. So it's a, it's a lot different, especially because Ben really can't, I mean, he could run enough. He's not a dead sitting duck back there, but he's not about to pull it in and go for 50 on you. Um, but back to the two headed monster right now, um, it really honestly possibly would be a three headed monster, but um, Ryan Montgomery, he's battling like a rib, injury um that i think he suffered late in practice before the arkansas game tried to get it out that mm -hmm. hasn't played the last two weeks only probably played like two or three snaps against arkansas um he was the guy kind of possibly going to be the, the the lead guy but i still think it was going to be more of a rotation um charles mccullen he's more of the scat back um where he is getting a lot of carries as well will make plays out of the passing game where montgomery was kind of like the tweener he could kind of do both um, and then we have LSU transfer, um, home to Cincinnati, hometown native Corey Kiner, who's kind of he's the bull in a China shop. Um, very highly recruited coming out. Um, was, has been battling like some nagging injuries, per se. But when he gets his time, he's he scored, I want to say, in every game this year. I don't, maybe not. Maybe not against Kennesaw. Maybe I'm lying about that. But I know he scored against Arkansas. He scored last week. Um, like five, nine, just built like a bowling ball, can move. Uh, had like the most impressive six yard run I've seen in a long time, like on, on Saturday, but uh, it's, it's going to be different. Cause it's not going to just be like last year, it was just purely forward. And they would put other people back in just to spell them where this year um, McKellen may start, but then 
next drive, it might be just purely Corey, you know, and then sometimes they sprinkle in Miles Montgomery a little bit too. Um, but I know like against Kennesaw, he had a fumble. He had a long run, but he fumbled as well. But then he got some some playing time. He didn't get as much PT as I thought he would get against Miami of Ohio. But he's a young guy that they like a lot as well. So it's just going to look a lot different for you guys because it might be two to three guys that really get to touch the rock where last year it was just Jerome was going to get his 20 catches. I mean, touches no matter what, um, where that's not going to happen this year possibly. It'll be interesting to see with our defense too. Just like you, you mentioned the sweep action and the kind of less vanilla play calling. I, I feel like yeah. we've seen early on with the IU defense, this, I, I, Illinois game kind of stands out to me, but the, the jet sweeps they were running there definitely gave us fits a lot of the time. Mm. At, again, it was, it was Chase Brown doing it, which is a great running back, but yeah, um, it, it'll be interesting to see how the IU defense responds to that. Are there any other significant injuries, JT? I know you guys lost a, a couple linemen. Um, any, anybody else that IU fans should uh, on the Cincinnati uh, side should be noted of? Uh, yeah, um, lost our starting center. Um, let's see, Jake Renfro, who was highly touted. Um, I think he was on the Remington Award watch list, I want to say. Uh, but, you know, Gavin Carehart has stepped in this three weeks and has been – pretty solid um really hasn't really missed a beat um where he didn't really play a lot last year but i know through you know spring in uh in fall camps and whatnot he was getting a lot of snaps but uh so that's one big key really nothing else on the offensive side uh, besides the running back and then um on the defensive side we, um, we lost our d in um, malik van torres peck against kennesaw state and he was like one of the fifth year guys came back for his extra year and second game, boom, done for the season, unless it heals miraculously fast. We don't think it, uh, unless he's Wolverine, um, he's probably done for the season, you know? Uh, but I think that's, I'm trying to think of anybody else, nothing else um, of pure significance. We have like a couple guys that are on the men, but they, if they possibly could play this week um, just because um, the significance of the injury, but uh, Will Pauling, he, he's a slot receiver. Um, he was doing very well first two games, and he messed his knee up, so he'll probably be out about a month. So you guys want to deal with him. Um, but I think that's that's it of significance, those three people. The other ones would probably be minor things unless something pops up during practice this week. Yeah, and then, you know, I think the other matchup to watch, Connor Bazelak, I use quarterback, has thrown the ball over 50 times in, in two out of the three games so far. Um, you know, it's going to be a little bit of a different look on offense, I think, for Cincinnati fans. Much more tempo, a lot more quick hitters. Um, but we'll see. I use dealing with uh, starting center got hurt in warm-ups last week and oh, wow. as well as the backup center. Um, then our starting right tackle towards ACL in the Illinois game. Um, but defensively, obviously, you know, two all everything corners last year. Um, what's the secondary looking like? Two picks so far through the first three games. Um, it does feel like a game where IU is going to take some deep shots. So, you know, what should we be watching for from that Bearcat secondary? It's a good question, man. Um, the, the secondary, well, we lost Ahmad Gardner, obviously, who's playing on Sundays, Kobe Bryant as well. Um, and Brian Cook, safety, both all playing on Sunday. Um, but um, they're still pretty good. Like, they're not – we don't have that guy that's just pure lockdown like Gardner, of course, where he could just travel anywhere and 
you know, affect the number one guy. But um, we still have a lot of height um, in that secondary. I mean, Jaquan Shepard, who's a senior, and he really didn't get to play because of Sauce. I mean, he's 6'2", 6'3", I mean, almost 6'3", as well, um, playing, been playing very well, um, shockingly. And then uh, Arquan Bush, who was, you know, the nickel guy last year, well, he's a gambler, so he's one of those guys where he'll make a pick, he may get beat, too, yeah. you know. Um, he got beat for a touchdown last week, but then he made a pick on the sideline that was amazing. So it was just like he's not Kobe, but he's one of those guys that um, – he can he can affect the play like he might get beat for three plays, but then he knocks down on a pass and then he picks one back to back kind of a thing. Or he makes some tackle in the backfield that you don't expect. Um, and then the slot guys um, haven't been, been real good. They haven't really made any noise far as getting in trouble. So like, Taj Ward and Sammy Anderson, um, both of them have been real solid, you know, where they not been a part of the problem at all. So. They really haven't got picked on as much. So I think that you guys being able to throw is going to be interesting because nobody has really just said, we're going to try to toss the ball around a yard against the Bearcats. So this, that'll be interesting to see how they hold up. Um, they were able to keep one of their, uh, one of their um, safeties, um, J- Javon Hicks, where he stayed for his you know fifth year. And then they have a sophomore next to him, uh, Byron Threats, who's been making a lot of plays. Like he's one of those guys that just has a nose for a ball. He's not the biggest guy. He's about 5'10", but he just flies around, man, and will hit you. So um, it's going to be interesting because this year they, they have – it's not going to be like last year unless somebody is hurt or gets dinged up. You, you may see – let's see, if they play five, you may see seven guys playing the, in, in the game. No, no, and that's not even about the injuries or anything. Just they, they rotate a little bit more than they used to because they just don't have – you know, they don't have a Kobe and in, in Ahmad Gardner this year, but solid. I, I want to see how they hold up against you guys just because I, I did watch the Illinois game and I want to see, you know, I know you guys like to toss around a yard. I want to see how that holds up against this team and see what the, our pass rush does as well, too, because that's been what I'm, but I don't know yet. I'm not figured that part out. Like who's going to be that guy like my Jay Sanders who just goes and gets it. Um, and, and causes you to have to double team. We really don't have that guy. Um, that's the on the end right now. So we'll see if somebody steps up. Yeah. Uh, JT, for Hoosier fans going down to Cincinnati, it's about a two-hour drive from Indianapolis. What are some of the highlights? You know, Nippert Stadium, I believe, is the oldest FBS stadium in the country. Just yeah. what, what are some of the highlights that if you're a college football fan um, coming in from Indiana – what do you need to do? What do you need to see? Okay. Best places to tailgate, grab a bite to eat. Okay. Well, I'll give you two. I'll answer it twofold. I'll answer it for like the students a little bit, and I'll answer it for like the grown, like the people. I'm not saying students aren't grown ups, but like just the people that are a little bit older. Want to do yeah. something a little bit different. It's all right. To all right. Call us old cool. people. Yeah, I'm old too, man. I'm <laughs> I'm a part of the other group now, which is crazy. But anyway, <laughs> like for the skyline, you have to see our skyline, like the. The Cincinnati skyline is pretty dope. If you can see it, um, you get formerly Paul Brown Stadium, now Paycor Stadium, and um, Great American Ballpark, their bookends. So essentially, one end of the um, downtown part is called, well, Paycor now, and then the other one is uh, Grant, uh, Great American Ballpark. And then you have what's the banks, 
which is a place people probably should go. It's a lot of food places, a lot of bars, et cetera. And it's all between, it's all walking distance. So you just, from one um, field to the next one, you get that, you don't really have, you just park and just kind of do your thing. Um, so I would say people should at least see the skyline if they've never been, because it's pretty cool. Um, and it's different ways you can hit it. So like, if you're coming down, like coming up 75 North, it's real dope because you're going down a hill and you can just see everything that opens up. That's like my favorite, favorite picture. Even when I leave town and I come back, I like love seeing that. And then um, it's a way like if you guys like to gamble, it's a way by the casino. If you're going 71 South where you're by the casino and everything opens up, you see all the buildings and everything too, which is pretty dope. But um, yeah, if go, if you like to gamble, go to the casino, which is super close to Nippert and super close to, downtown as well it's like in between so it's like on the, on your way to going downtown um and that would have been if i went to school there that would have been deadly but, for me man that would be but, but the thing <laughs> is cincinnati got cool like far as after i don't know how old you are but like i think the casino came like early tens you know what oh, i mean like we didn't oh, have it been, oh yeah oh you have been there I see been i didn't have that i didn't I have that yeah. <laughs> so I, I had, I didn't have to worry about that part of it. Um, but I've told all the people like I talked to, I'm like, man, y'all don't understand how good y'all got it. Cause now even by campus, they got like target, um, like cell phone stores, shoe stores, all, you don't even have to leave campus. It's crazy. And we, we only had like one fast food place. Like we had Taco Bell and everything else was gone. Like we had to go outside of the uh, neighborhood to go places. So yeah. But, um, Let's see another thing i guess if you haven't tried like i'm not the biggest skyline per fan personally but i guess you gotta try skyline um just you because know it's different but i'm not like the biggest skyline person but i'll I, since it's, it's a bearcat thing i'll push that narrative um but then it's a lot of stuff to do on campus too like for the students that are, are traveling up here it's a lot of bars a lot of stuff like that so i would say um hit up Calhoun Street, hit up Shorevine and do some stuff over there and just uh, don't get too drunk because they will arrest you. But besides that, I think that's a good thing to do. Um, I guess for older people, definitely hit the banks downtown. I think that's a good, that's a good basis to start because you got food places and you got places you can go out and kick it and drink and watch some other games if you want. Awesome. Uh, JT, well, from my guys at Hoosier Huddle, do, you, do we have anything else? before we get into some predictions uh oh man it's i don't know it's up to you guys um i'm, I'm open open book man whatever information that you guys want to know or tell your tell the hoosier nation before uh before the games let me know man i i would just say you know we just kind of talked about you know some of the new faces in the secondary against iu's passing game it does feel like it's going to be a pass heavy game for iu if there was another matchup to watch where you're kind of, you know, maybe you didn't feel great about it after the Arkansas game or mm -hmm. something you've seen so far where you're like, you know, maybe this is where IU goes on, on either side of the ball. You know, maybe it's, uh, you know, a pressure, maybe it's IU, you know, screen passes or something like that. Hmm. It's a good question. Cause would you, my question to you, I'm going to flip it. I'm going to ask you a question. Right. Um, with you guys throwing it around the yard, I didn't watch the Illinois game, but I didn't watch the game last week. Who, like, do you guys have, like, a main receiver, or do you have, like, receivers that you like a lot that, that you want to get the ball in their hand? Yeah, yeah. So, it's, uh, you know, it's an interesting question. So, there's – right now, I think we have eight different receivers averaging at least a catch so far. 
Um, it, it's definitely two guys, though. Yeah, so, it's two. Uh, a Juco <laughs> receiver from Texas, Cam Camper. Um, big body, pushing 6'4". Initially, when we grabbed him, you know, we thought he was more of like a depth ad. Mm. Um, but, I mean, he leads the team in catches, yards, and touchdowns so far. Um, so he's been outstanding. And then DJ Matthews, who, okay, I remember I, you know, he, he had a great game against you guys before he went down with the ACL oh. last year in that game. Um, he's back. Um, he's returning punts, although they've been pretty conservative with him doing that. Mm. Um, he's the guy that's going to kind of work the middle of the field. Um, he had a, I think, 65-yard touchdown against Illinois over the top. Um, so if you're going to look for a guy to kind of stretch the field, it's him. But third down, there's no question it's going to be number seven, DJ Matthews over the middle. Um, we've all been waiting for AJ Barner was a guy that got some, you know, preseason all Big Ten love at tight end. Uh, Peyton Hendershot's off to the Cowboys now. So he was kind of, you know, the heir apparent. Still have not been able to get him going, really. So if, if there's one thing that IU, you know, may do differently or look to do on Saturday, I would say a lot of 88 early. Um, but you know, we've said, I hope, I hope they've just been hiding it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We've said it for three weeks. The coaching staff has said it for three weeks. Um, so I don't know. So I would say like matchup wise, I use just gotta stay on schedule. Um, you know, even if we lose yards or have an incompletion on first down, they keep the tempo going. Um, so we've had, you know, real quick three and outs so far through three games. Um, and, and the running game has been a struggle still as well. So um, it's going to be a lot of, you know, quick timing throws on first down to kind of act as the run game. Um, but yeah, I mean, defensively, I think that the secondary against those two receivers for IU, I think that's interesting because it's really going to force, you know, IU to have another guy step up with maybe five or six catches. Haven't seen that so far. Okay. Um, so 12 guys did catch passes last week. Nice. It's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. Yeah. So like, so, you know, you're still looking for the, you know, if, if seven, if Matthews is covered and if Cam Camper are covered, you know, they're still looking for that, you know, who's the safety valve. Um, so, you know, if I'm Cincinnati, I'm, I'm blanketing both of those two guys and making someone else beat me in the passing yeah. game. Um, so that, that'll be kind of what I'm watching for, for sure. Okay. So like, with the tight ends part, like our linebackers are very good. So like that's might be honestly the strong point of the team this year. So that'll be interesting to see if you guys are able to get, you know, him off the off the books, you know, get him off and see what happens. And then I'm really looking at the, the if we can get a pass rush or if you guys are just getting it out super fast. Um, because we really haven't we don't know who that guy is yet right now. Like who's just going to be like the, the habit causer. I think Jawan Briggs has been kind of the guy, but he's more at the defensive tackle spot to see who's going to be like that guy off the end. So that's, that's where I'm looking at. And then to see how we contain the, you know, those receivers, man, because this was the first game they really get challenged, honestly. And other, even though, I mean, Arkansas, they got challenged, but I think they held up pretty good because yeah. Arkansas is a more run heavy right. um, team. And I thought they held up good against Arkansas for the most part, but I want to see how it looks now with the team that's really wants to throw the ball over yeah. 40 times, you know? Yep. Yeah. All right, JT, before we get you out of here, um, let's do predictions so that we can hit the sports book at the casino on the way down <laughs> to the game. Um <laughs> 
what uh what what's your prediction for for saturday afternoon okay let's see we'll go they have us as a favorite i think 11 started off at 11 i want to say it just it just keeps going up i think it's up to 17 or something now okay so somebody was saying it was 15 like earlier um Uh, yeah sorry sorry to interrupt it is cincinnati minus 17 over under it was at 54 it looks like all right i'm gonna go 35 17 you see when that's a cover right there (laughs) um yeah i you know for me i think it's interesting we talked about it early um you know a lot of new faces for iu but there are some guys last year you know with the high expectations we had that, you know, I think are pretty ticked at, at the way the game ended last year. Um, I think you're going to see a, a fired up IU team early. Um, but, you know, the inability so far this season to sustain, you know, positive plays on offense has been challenging. And if you try to do that on the road at, at Cincinnati, I think it's going to be trouble. Um, I also don't think it's going to be as high scoring as people think. I'm going to go 27-17 Cincinnati. Yeah, I'm ve- I'm very similar. I I think IU comes out kind of hot and then just just kind of fizzles towards the end. It, it, I don't know if that that might be the IU game script of the last like 30 years, but um, I'm gonna <laughs> confidently I guess predict that. I also see it as more of a lower scoring game than than what the sports books say. I'll go 28-14 Cincinnati. Yeah, you know. Every time IU comes out with a chip on their shoulder in these games and plays, you know, pissed off, seems like we get our butts kicked. Um, you know, you saw it against Iowa last year. Um, it just, it just never oh, works. The out. Ole Miss bowl game is what oh, immediately oh, oh, yeah, yeah, cover, covering bowl. the Big Ten logo. Yeah, <laughs> Ole Miss bowl game. There's just it goes on and on. Um, but I, I do think, I, I think. You know, I kind of want to take IU with the points if it goes above 20, um, which it might. But uh, <laughs> I, I do think that if IU could get through the first seven and a half minutes in the game, it, it's going to be a dogfight to the end. Last year was determined on, you know, Indiana should put that game away early. They had three drives yeah. in the red zone and came away with zero points. Yeah. Um, and, and then you, you have the, the Tim Baldwin fumble at the goal line. And the we could all agree that targeting is a ridiculously stupid rule. You have the if Michael McFadden is still in that game, uh, it's a different outcome. But red zone issues have been plaguing Indiana again this year, and you're playing on the road in what's going to be a super hostile environment, which is nothing really new to IU. They've played at Ohio State, they played at Penn State, you played at Nebraska, uh, but I think it, it's going to be. Cincinnati is just going to out physical you. And for Indiana, I think if Zach Carpenter does not play, you're in trouble. Um, he heard his snapping hand and warmups and we'll see, they didn't go into very much detail, but Tom Allen said it was one of those freak injuries and in his 30 years of coaching he's never seen, Dang. which is never good. Never, um, never good. So I, I, I'm going to say uh, Cincinnati 31, uh, Indiana 20, uh, you know, that's just the, the gut feeling I have on here. Could it, uh, Cincinnati blow them out? Yeah, uh, it could. I just – we don't have a good read on this Indiana team. I think the 2-10 the and 10 aftertaste from last year is still there. 
but you still have a lot of those players from 2020 and they've started to pull out those close wins, which is a skill in itself. They've been in these close games. Um, and, and yeah, the opponents are not as impressive as, as Cincinnati, but they've been there. They have that belief. Uh, it could be a close game. I'm going to go 31, 20 uh, Bearcats. Yeah. So I think, you know, pretty, pretty similar predictions. Yeah. It's going to be uh a really, really interesting game. JT, thank you again for your time tonight. For our uh, IU fans watching or listening that uh, might want to catch up some more on the Cincinnati perspective heading into Saturday, uh, tell us where we can find you, where we can find your work, uh, and what should, what should we expect from you during the week here? All right, cool, man. Well, I'm going to get very long-winded, so just bear <laughs> with me, guys. <laughs> all right, so check out the frontofficenews.com. That's where all the meat and potatoes are, articles, um, I'm probably going to have a, a Indiana preview working. I'm going to do uh, the front office news podcast. We'll do that. My man, Sammy, will get on there with me tomorrow. Uh, so be looking out for that. We'll talk a little bit more of the Indiana side of things and then um, hit up, uh, hit me up on Twitter. If you want to cuss me out or whatever, I'm cool with that. I got thick skin at underscore JT underscore Smith. And at, if you want to ask me why I have it, I was underscores it's because my last name is Smith. So that's just what it is. Um, so sorry about that. But if you want to message me, that's where everything will be located. And then also um, you can follow front office news on Twitter and also on Instagram. So that, if you want to kind of see like the articles slash I post a lot of pictures on there from the previous game. So I don't know if Indiana fans want to see that per se, but you know, I have a, pretty solid photographer that'll be at the game. Um, so if you want to see that, go ahead and follow or say it sucks or whatever. I'm cool with that. And, uh, but that's it, man. That's, that's where you'll follow, find everything and, uh, and follow me. All right. Thanks again, JT. Uh, it's been uh, cool getting to know you over the last two seasons. Hopefully yeah. it's just as good of a game uh, as last year uh, and entertaining. It is a sort of a regional rivalry yeah. Uh, best of luck to you guys the rest of the way outside of Saturday. Good <laughs> right. luck in the Big 12. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Good luck in the Big 12, <laughs> and we'll see where, where you guys land. Um, you can follow us at, at HoosierHuddle.com. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore Huddle. Again, there was another Hoosier Huddle <laughs> that we had to use an underscore for uh, <laughs> on Facebook and Instagram as well. We'll have all your previews. We'll have uh, I'll be on with JT tomorrow on, on his podcast. I'll be on with TJ tomorrow on Hoosier Huddle's podcast. <laughs> um, we, we'll have all the stuff leading up to uh, the kickoff at 3.30 on Saturday at, at Nippert Stadium. Uh, thank you, Alex. Thank you, Nate. Any uh, final thoughts before we get out of here? No. Uh, enjoy the rest of your week and, uh, you know, looking forward to Saturday. So thanks again to JT. Hello, yo. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.